Episode 47, Birds of a Feather, Part 2. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Erthrandir. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now, let's get right to Ravenloft. And welcome back, everyone. So, with our party of companions and unlikely heroes making their way down the old Svalich Road with the shuddering, mostly broken, but somewhat functional wagon drug behind them on ropes as the skies overhead begin to darken. You arrive just outside the outskirts of the small town of Blocky. As you approach the gates, you see Casimir flinch slightly, pulling his hood further over his face to make sure that it's fully in shadow. The sky slightly darkening as you see in the distance the great slope of Mount Baratok towering over the lake to the north. As you approach the gates, is there anything you would like to do? Uh, I will sh- uh, take a moment out of view of the gates, or anyone at the gates, uh, to peel off my skin and become the Barovian, uh, the Valachian milkmaid. Okay, Kiva also um, takes the time to um, tuck herself fully under the cloak, keep her arms at her sides, um, that sort of thing, and just make sure that uh, no part of her normally exposed skin is now visible. Okay. In that case, you approach the gates, the guards giving you a few odd looks, uh, given that you look much glitzier than when you departed. (laughs) It's been a few days. But nonetheless, you are able to enter into the town without issue and pass once more onto the streets of this small, dreary town. I presume you're heading to the Blue Water Inn? Please. Yes. Okay. You travel along the roads, getting a number of odd glances. Some confused, some slightly afraid, some looking somewhat greedy at the sound of the clinking coins and whatever else is rattling around inside of the wagon. But nonetheless, you do manage to make it to the outskirts of the Blue Water Inn. You can see a faint spiral of smoke coming forth from the chimney. A few ravens perched off the roof, up top the roof, and several familiar silhouettes moving through the warmly lit interior across the windows. Yeah, I guess we try to park the wagon where we usually park it. (laughs) (laughs) We might need to bring some stuff in, because otherwise it's just an open-fronted wagon full of gold. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, In case you'd like to tally up the damages, I presume someone is keeping track of this. Uh, Due to the fallen front half and the four pots you lost, 
uh, you have lost one third of anything that was in the wagon. Okay. All right. But nonetheless, the wagon shudders to a halt and the door opens of the inn as you approach and you see Erwin poke his head out. His eyes widen. Goodness, you look like you've... What on earth happened to... The guy looks at the wagon. things have happened. It's right. a long story. Right, well... Let's get you inside and get you cleaned up and properly fed, and we can go from there. Yes? Bless you, Erwin. <laughs> Not a problem. Adrian, put something on the on the fire, right? We've got guests for dinner. Hmm. And he ushers you inside and begins helping you take your things in. And as he does, and as he's like trying to take Erethrandir's robe, he kind of mutters something to himself and then reaches onto the side of it and peels something off. And suddenly there's a jingling bag of coin in his hands, which he just passes to Erwin. Here. Erwin, what? I, I, I couldn't... Where did you get this? This is... Magic. That's actually not even a hundredth of the treasure we've came into. Call this for dinner. He <laughs> sputters for a moment and then says somewhat wryly, just kind of offering you a helpless grin. I presume you're not going to allow me to say no to this. I've already taken the patch off. I can't put it back on. <laughs> Very well, then. Um, thank you. Uh, and sure. he gives you a nod and accepts it, uh, tucking it away in his cloak. Excellent. That's 100 gold. So. All right. He gives uh, Kiva and Casimir somewhat searching looks, not quite able to see in the shadows below their clothes. I presume they still have the hoods up? Casimir certainly does. Yeah, Kiva definitely has the hood up. Gotcha. Um, so he doesn't, he just kind of doesn't pay you that much mind, uh, helps you inside. If you'd like him to help with anything else, he's happy to. But as you enter, you see in the room beyond a somewhat cheery uh, assembly of assorted Marta cubs. You see Brahmin Bray uh, shouting loudly, seem to be uh, happily fighting over some kind of toy in the corner with uh, two of their cousins. Um, off into another corner, you see uh, Danica chatting quietly um, with Dag, and there's just kind of a quiet bustle activity, though the inn, as you've sadly noticed, is completely bereft of patrons once more. Is uh, Yeska among them? Yeska does not appear to be among them at first sight. And then you blink and you kind of look off to the side and you see him sitting very shyly on a stool next to the other children. He doesn't seem to be participating in the fight, but he seems to be there and he's not wearing the mask. Um, like, is he engaged in any way? Like, even if just like watching them, uh, or is he just kind of like, does he look like a, you know, awkward, lonely kid just sitting on the stool? A little awkward, a little lonely. Like he's sitting next to the others, but he doesn't seem to really be participating. Uh, but they don't seem to be, you know, bearing him any sort of, you know, hostile will. He just, just doesn't seem to be speaking up. They're okay. kind of fixated on their own little world. Oh, relatable. Um, oh. Yeah, Metreon is actually going to go ahead and break away from the others and, and go sit next to Yaska. Before he does, Aerith taps him on the shoulder and just sort of slips him something. And he would see it's one of the copies of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves that they got from the Emperor Temple, which he just kind of presses into his hand and walks away. Yeah, he uh, looks at it and flips through a couple pages. 
he doesn't want to give it to him because he thinks that anything in that temple is cursed, but also looking back at Jessica and seeing how uh, rela- relatably lonely he is or appears to be, uh, closes his book and continues to head over to him. Okay, well, Metrion is doing that. What's everyone else doing? Aerith is... Well, go ahead. Uh, sure. Amity's going up to Esmeralda and saying, um, it, now that we've got so much treasure, I was wondering, given that Vistani can leave Barovia, if we could maybe... If, well, if I could maybe pay someone to send a letter. Esmeralda looks thoughtful for a moment, her expression softening a bit. She sighs. I wager that, well, I don't imagine that you would find many, especially with uh, the treasure we have come into now, uh, who would turn you down for that. But at the same time, given the loyalties of someone's valley, I cannot guarantee that your letter might not be read by uh, our friend in the castle before it reached its destination. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, thanks anyway. Of course, I'm sorry it's... um. It's a difficult situation, but look, and she kind of puts a hand on your shoulder. We're going to get out of this. We're going to kill that fucker, and we're going to ride out into the sunset. All right? We're going to tell them yourselves. Yeah, Emily has a completely stoic look as she responds. Yeah, I I know we will. She nods and uh, sets off, uh, moving away to speak to Erwin about something. Uh, what's everyone else doing? A little sin, Erthrandir. Erth, looking back at the wagon and sort of in a way that suggests he is very nervous about leaving it out there, he's going to kind of look over to Danica and mutter, uh, I'll question, but can we use your attic for the night? There's uh, some things we might need to store. She nods. Oh, yes, um, of course, that wouldn't be a problem. Um, right. I was actually going to ask anyway. Um, we don't have over much room, but I presume that uh, given everything that's going on, you might want some privacy, of course. That would be nice. And then he looks over to it. It's uh, prepared to, to make it comfortable. Thanks. And then he looks over to Brahmin Bray. Hey, boys, y'all want to help me bring in some treasure? They exchange glances. Treasure? Like yep. gold and... Well, you'll have to come see, looks, won't you? Eyes wide, and just immediately leap to their feet and rush ahead of you. Now, don't be talking much about it. We got to do this quietly. <laughs> as he just—they're uh, already out. gone, and as soon as they reach the wagon, you hear shrieks of delight. <laughs> I'm gonna go, man. I'm gonna go manage what I've started, and he's going to go running after them <laughs> and start bringing stuff into the end. All right. Anything that Wilson would like to be doing. Wilson is keeping a wary eye on Victor. What is Victor doing? He is keeping to himself. Uh, he's keeping the cloak up. He's trying not to meet anyone's eyes. He's just kind of standing awkwardly by the door. She is going to sidle up to him and say, So, how terrible was it, really? It was... It was not very enjoyable. I don't think I would like to hazard um, 
living in such conditions by myself again for some time. I appreciate what Aethrandir was attempting to share with me, but I think I prefer not living in the wilderness, probably. Quite sensible. Well, as he has hinted already, we are only going to be staying here for a night, maybe two more. What are your plans after that? Eat swallows. I don't know. I, I had a lot of time to think in the tower, and I sort of entertained ideas of, you know, taking... I don't know. The, I've read in books of, you know, mages and great thieves and such that took vengeance on those that had wronged their families, but it seems so... I never liked that blasted manner anyway. I just wanted to get find some way to get out of this blasted place. And, well, I can't say that I'm overly confident in your ability to kill the devil in Castle Ravenloft, and he kind of shudders a little bit. But if somehow you're able to do it, then I think I would like to find some way out to the valley without faulty teleportation circles. She's just nodding slowly. And not least because I lost all of my materials and the circle that I've been working on when the place burned down. Well, and I've heard about you know mages in some sort. Surely they they would there'd be someone who there who might need some a partner or something, someone that I could acquire resources. I don't I don't know how this works. Well, and if we fail to do so, he pales visibly. Which is difficult for him to do, considering that he's already extremely pale. I would prefer not to think about that. Now is the time to think about that, because we are departing very shortly. And I have no idea whether or not you have any sort of um, predilection to try to help us, but... If you don't, which is entirely reasonable, then you're going to have to think about the consequences of our actions. He puts both hands up. Look, look, I'm... I don't know what what the hells you've been doing up in the mountains or whatever, but I'm I'm no bloody hero. I I just know books, okay? Um, I I think if... I I would like to stay here very much. Um, Nothing against you. I just... um, You do a lot of fighters and warriors and all that stuff. I I would prefer not to die with a vampire's fangs in my neck, thank you. I'll figure something out. When we came here a few weeks ago, we were not what we are now. And you are more powerful in some ways than any of us. But I understand. If you wish to stay here, he nods, swallowing. Very, they seem like well. I don't. I don't have much experience in 
taverns, and his nose wrinkles very faintly, but I imagine I could find some way. Um, they seem to not be magic folk, any of them. I, I'm sure that I, I, I could find my way uh, here. Lillison nods and uh, sort of leans slightly away from him as she says, you'll have some time to uh, think about what happens if nothing changes. He nods, looking somewhat shaky, and just kind of looks down at the floor. Lillison uh, nods at him and then heads outside and just sort of leans against the outer wall, uh, watching the uh, watching the little procession of Brahm and Bray and Erythrindir bringing in treasure. Okay, and as that happens. Uh, Metron, you see Yeska sitting quite alone at the table in the corner. Yeah, uh, I look around, make sure nothing unseemly look is around us, uh, and yeah, I'll take a seat next to him. All right, he doesn't quite meet your eyes, but you hear him whispering very faintly. So you, you, you did come back. Uh, a little shocked that he speaks now. Uh, Metreon uh, his blinks a bit because that's the whole like uh, white guy blinking gif um, and then looking back at Yeska uh, 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 yeah I mean well, that was the goal that's what I was hoping to do how, how are you holding up here I'm good I think they're they're nice they're, they're good yeah yeah they seems like good people They've, uh, they always done right by us. I'm glad they're doing right by you. Why, why, uh, why ain't Ron run out with them to go check out the treasure? I, I don't know. I, I want. I think I want to, but he looks quiet for a moment. How do you know if someone is your friend? Uh, Metreon is arrested by that. Uh, quiet and looks back at the others and sees Kiva in the cloak and Erythrindir not there and uh, Lillison talking to Victor and turns back to Yeska. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Uh, but I guess it's when you feel safe around him. But but you should always keep your guard up just a little bit, you know, not not too much, just just enough that y you can make it out if something happens, you know. Uh, you know, like the boys, they seems all right, you know, and, and, and the motor cops, the rest of them, they, they don't know the wrong bias. And, I mean, I don't know if they're friends, but they're friendly. And sometimes that's the best you can hope for. This guy nods quietly. But, um, he, he, he told me that, um, 
he had a sword and if anyone came to try and get me again that he would stab them I'm pretty sure it's just a kitchen knife that he stole but I think I might feel safe with them good oh, I'm glad you do uh, hey um listen uh, I got this uh, when I was out um I'm not gonna read it but maybe you might like it and uh passes over the uh the copy of the book uh, which book is this? The uh, the one from the temple, the snow dwarf and the seven. Oh lights. yes, yeah, beautiful. Uh, I guess uh, except it kind of looks over the title. I don't think I've read this one. I know that he always used to, but he kind of chokes up a little bit, and then he hugs the book to his chest, sniffling very quietly. He used to read them to me. Like this. Yeah. Yeah, well... You know, uh, you gotta read on your own sometime, right? Nods. And offers you a small... Smile. Right. I mean, he's I with you. good, too. Just so uh, you know. what, I'm sorry, what? What? I guess, from the way that you said. Are you my friend? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, I hope, I guess I hope I am. You know, um, I don't want to see nothing bad happen to you. He nods. Okay. That's, that, that's good. And he turns back and just kind of puts the book down on the table and just kind of looks at it, keeping one hand on it, and just looks lost in thought. Hey, listen. But there's um, a small smile on his face now. Um, as long as I'm here, and I'm, I'm not going to be here forever, hopefully, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep you safe, all right? And... If I'm not here, you got the Modokovs. They're going to keep you safe, and they're real good at doing that. They did it for us, and we're still here. Uh, if if you need anything else, uh, uh, and I'm around, you can always try to ask, and you know, I might have it, I might not. Well, I'll try. He nods. And... He doesn't look completely at peace, but for the moment, he looks content. Well, you, uh, you keep out of trouble, then. You, uh, read the story. Maybe when I go back, you uh, read enough. You could give me the synopsis of it. You know what a synopsis is? He tells the setup quizzically toward you. Right, it's like, uh... It's like a summary of the book. Uh, you know, I'm not big on reading, but I'm fine if people tell me what the book's about, and then maybe I'll I'll be more interested in it, or at least entertained. He, uh... He just nods, and then smiles very faintly. Right, I... I'll, I'll tell you what it's about when I finish. Right. <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, 
Metriant looks away, uh, looking for uh, an exit uh, to run and scream out of. Um, but uh, does he see Danica around? Uh, Danica is currently behind the bar. Uh, he, he pats Jessica on the shoulder. Oh, I'll be back uh, and I'll go up to the bar. Uh, she seems to be rummaging through a few things on one of the shelves underneath the top of it, of the counter, but as she hears your footsteps, she kind of peers over the top of it. Uh, one moment to be right with you in the second, uh, but uh, whatever yeah, you're no, saying, I'm listening. Yeah, no, love, I was just, you know, I know you use uh, short on, on the wine. Uh, you, you ain't got no more yet? Or? There are several clattering of what sounds like, you know, uh, wooden tankards and some bowls and some other things. She kind of pokes her head up over the top and sighs, leaning one elbow on the counter and planting her fist in her palm. Look, I'm... I haven't gotten the chance to see it myself, but I'm sure you saw as well. From the sound of it, the winery is pretty well smashed up. I, I know that we have the gem back right now, but hopefully someday we can rebuild, but right now I think we need to gather ourselves together and um, pitch in where we can. I don't know if, be, if uh, we'll be ready to um, help out, put up a new place yet. And she kind of eyes Davian somewhat warily and sighs. Or if our help would necessarily be appreciated. Right, yeah. It's okay. Uh, just awkwardly uh, kind of uh, drums on the, uh, the, the bar counter uh, with his fingers and uh, starts to drift off. As Metron drifts away, uh, Erthrandir, uh, you and the lads finish unloading the wagon. Uh, as Excellent. And you see Lillison standing outside of the door uh, as you finish. Erth will facilitate to make sure that all of the treasure actually gets inside and is not kind of oohed and awed over before patting Brahm and Bray on the head and ushering them in and then shutting the door. Even. Evening. His face is guarded, but not. It's very carefully neutral. Well. I know you have a lot that you're probably itching to express. You're not wrong. Do you want to start or shall I? Would it help? I think it would help you. Earth kind of settles down next to the front of the inn, like getting comfortable. Uh, I wish I could still trust you.
Lillison kind of shrugs in a, you know, inviting, go-on sort of gesture. I can't tell you that the horrors of death are not worth getting away from. Not with your lifespan, not with what you've been through. But to become a vampire, become what we've been, what's been making our lives hell for a month now. It's hard to reconcile with the person I loved. Do you know not that your... he chose to be what he is now? That he was this sort of person even before? Ah. Uh, from what I know about vampires, being able to make that, being able to become one, facilitates on your ability to make that choice. Or am I wrong? I learned what he had to do, what he had to go through in order to make this choice. Would you like to know what it is? I would. First, to kill somebody who loves or reveres you and drink their blood within an hour of their death. And second, to be killed by somebody who hates you. Earth's mouth is open and just a mix of shock and horror. And he takes a moment to recover before saying, Ah. So. Is there a time limit on that? Or is it just the doors open when you want to do that? As far as I can tell, the door is just open. Great. Well, he is the sort of person who could and did do that. It is unclear if I am. If it were unclear, I don't think you would have made the choice to take it. I didn't know about these conditions until after I agreed. One last insight check. Go for it. Eight. You never could read you. Well, I'm not rolling deception because uh, that is in fact the truth. He takes a long moment. You might be telling the truth. You know, I couldn't tell. But... That's fair enough, I suppose. I... I suppose I never thought that you were going to, like... Turn on us in the final battle or anything. That's not the fear. I know you too well. I don't think you'd do that. Not unless there were no other choice. But I was hoping that after this that you 
get to be I, that you'd be somebody I could spend my life with in some respects. That sounds like you're going down a path that I can't follow. Lillison's brow creases a bit, and she says, You know that. And then she stops and looks around. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can spot any uh, little eavesdroppers anywhere nearby. Aerith will join, yeah. Check. The both of you. Seven. Twelve. Twelve. Uh, Lillison, you do not see anything but... Erythrindir, you just barely see uh, hanging from the, the opposite eave of one of the buildings on the other side a small black bat watching quietly which also appears to have something held in its mouth. Erith raises his wand and uses his last spell of the day to strike it dead with a magic missile. Okay. The streaks of magical force arc through the air, smashing the bat, pulverizing it to pieces. It lets out a single chitter and then falls to the ground, bloodied, as does the object that it was carrying in its mouth. Earth walks over and picks it up. Lillison starts forward, holding out her hand. May I? If you wish, it is the answer, I assume, to the question I asked some time ago. Earth nods, checking for any other bats, and then unfurls it. Okay. If you would like to check the handouts folder of your handouts tab in Foundry, it is Strahd's answer. The land of Barovia has need of the wisdom of its elders and the strength of its youth. Should the old raven, the scarred mage, or the burgomaster of Barovia accompany your party to dine, know that they are uninvited, and that the penalty for trespassing is grave. You may, assi you may assist me by ensuring their opportunity to continue serving their countrymen beyond the walls of this keep. Certainly not the answer I was hoping for. You're asking about Bismarck and Kaz and Davian, then? Not specifically, although it is curious he doesn't mention Ez. That is odd. Well, should we tell them? Probably, but not urgently, I think. Yeah, I don't think we're leaving tomorrow. And Earth pans it to her, and it's with a gentler hand. She nods, takes it, glances over it for a moment, and then tucks it away. And she says, As I was saying, You know, he offered me Immortality as well, of a sort. I do. 
It was almost certainly always going to be a false promise. But there was the choice. There was the choice. And for a few very, very terrified hours, I thought it might be the only choice. This is to ensure that he can't have that power over you. One of the reasons, yes, perhaps. And he'd prefer not to die, I assume. Yes. Earth laughs a bit hollowly, looking out into the cloudy sky. Well... I mean, I don't know what to say, frankly. I guess it'd be... I hope you never make that choice. But... I guess you're right. I don't get to judge people on choices they might become. She gives him a long, long look. And then... Leaning back, casually looking away, she says, So, wizardry. <laughs> he snorts. Well, what about it? Would the Erthrandir of three weeks ago judge you harshly on the choices you did make? Aerith breathes out, as if sort of checking for anyone listening. And then from his pack, he pulls Nephron's spellbook, which you can see he's slotted the half-burnt pages of his own, like, sort of loose-leaf binder style into the front. It's... He would. And he'd be right. I don't relish this. I'm trying to look at it from utilitarianism, that I'm just doing what's needed to keep myself alive, but keep all of you alive, but that's scant comfort sometimes. It is a necessary tool. It is not one I relish wielding. And it's one I hope to God I can forget after this is done. Even if what I've wrought with it remains. Well. I think we understand each other very well, then. How so? The words that just came out of your mouth, Erthrandir. Yes? I'm listening. The gift, if we can call it a gift, that I received. I don't intend, at the moment, to pursue using it 
perhaps once we have successfully left this place, perhaps over time I can get to a place where fire and death are no longer a shadow blotting out so many of my thoughts. I hope so too. And I hope when we leave here that I can start to forgive myself for what I've had to do. Don't think I, I don't think I get that lucky though. Do you? And then he kind of looks over at her curiously. I'm, you know, I'm not sure what impression I've given, but why do you think, uh, Pate Arcana? Why do I think what? Wizardry. That all this we're dancing around the noble, the burden of power, of power and of horror. Why do you think I don't use it? Or don't want to? I would guess something about the war. Something about those mind-controlling magics you hate so much to see others use. <laughs> Got in one. Well, one half. The mind-controls... A different story and not one I relish telling. But I can tell this one if if you want. If it would help you to tell it, certainly. It might to somebody I know has enough secrets of her own. And Earth Pulls out his wand, sort of spinning it between his fingers as he looks over at Lillison. He's, his gaze is far away now. And when he speaks, it's... As a storyteller, not as Aerithrandi. It was about 90 years ago now. When... About ten years after Ostra fell. My family and I had just settled back down. Finally found somewhere after years of traveling and running. And started to pick up the pieces of our lives. It, and into all of that, I told you about my mentor, right? About Kristoff. You said that each day he would only use magic to light and extinguish his fire? <laughs> That's the one, old bastard. Well, during the war, that bit changed, as you might imagine, and it became rare that he was doing anything but using his magic. He'd wake up in the morning and cast a teleport spell to get people out of the city and spend the rest of the day alternating between teleportation circles and just healing every soldier he could get his hands on. Still remember that 
one time a Thean's a Thean wizard's fly spell ran out and he crashed down in the middle of the city and was screaming bloody murders. Kristoff knelt down and killed him too and just walked away. Don't know what happened to him after that. But that's not the point. We'd all assumed he was dead when Ostra fell. We nobody had seen him for about a decade, and the assumption was that he got caught in the last stand for the city and just got overwhelmed. So imagine my surprise when 50-year-old Erthrandir opens his door one morning to see him standing outside. Little it was like the sun and the stars had come out after a year of storm. I <laughs> I'd missed him so much. And he and he told me he wanted to resume our schooling too, that that he wanted to teach me everything he knew, finish my tutoring in Bardic Magic, teach me all he knew about Ofstra, about its history, its people, its culture. <laughs> it's gonna be wonderful. I I had something to look forward to again, something to fight for again. But it didn't last. Aerith is gripping his wand so hard it looks like it might snap. And as he's talking, he is ritual casting Silent Image. And at this moment, an image of a tall, light-skinned elven man appears. Blonde hair, with blonde hair and a shaggy patchy sort of beard and uh, the sort of smile that's disarming and a bit mischievous as he kind of gestures to him and so he started teaching me and for the next five years i learned nothing but magic and history and every iota of knowledge he had in his head it wasn't like the old times, though. Wilson, <laughs> I used to love learning because he always tried to make things fun and made sure that, you know, I was growing as a person. Very, he really cared about all that. But now it was just water being poured into a vase over and over was it that he didn't care or was it that he was trying to give it all to you as fast as possible the latter he just it was desperate it was desperate Lawson. like he just needed to make sure that somebody knew so I uh, <laughs> devoted myself to work. You, you sympathize, I'm sure. You know, buried myself in books and study and endless repetition. And by the end of it, I was <laughs> so full. I, I could, I could, I knew the theory for spells up to seventh level that I had no prayer of casting. I knew every bit of the noble of the no, noble lin lineages of Ofstra, every bit of our history that he had ever known had a teetering pile of books in my in the little bedroom I stayed in. 
I was so happy. And then, and you see he's crying. And then we had our last lesson together. And he did something strange. I just finished a really tricky spell, one that some people three centuries from me probably couldn't figure out. And once he saw that I have the motion down, he just reached down and hugged me, which was weird because it's not that kind of person, you know? <laughs> you know, not, it's, he's like Metreon. That's not how he showed affection. And he just said, he just, thanked me profusely and I didn't get it. I still don't. And then he sent me home for the day. And the next day. They found him floating in the river. Lillison doesn't look particularly shocked. Um, she is listening with this sort of quiet expression and after waiting for another moment she steps forward um puts her arms around erthrandir and instead of like this sort of gentle tentative hugs that she's given before um like she actually like wraps her arms around him and uh leans in <laughs> And everyone always says that I don't have, that I don't owe it to anything, to anyone. That just because I have power, that I have knowledge, that I've, I've got it, that, uh, that it's not mine. But there's nobody else, Lilith. No one else cares. And the person that did left me here with it. sit here and drown. <laughs> Aetherin, dear. Yeah? Is this why you have been writing all of it down? He doesn't speak, but he just he nods. I can understand very, very well Kristoff's need to find somebody to hold the knowledge to know that he was not letting anything be lost forever except for himself. Yeah. You, you do not get to just commit it to paper. What do you mean? I 
tried, Lawson. I tried for years. I went to college. I, I did what I needed to do. I talked to all the historians. I, did, I went to the conferences. I smiled. I did what I had to. Nobody cares. I'm one tragedy among a thousand. Hell, the Dusk Elves, the folks we met right here, they have as much tragedy, another, that I could carry if I wanted to. There's not enough space in the world for that much grief. Or folks don't want to make it. I care. Deer's going to roll insight. Go ahead. I know. Seventeen. You get the sense that um, Lillison is discovering this as she is saying it. <laughs> There's a long moment, and then Aerith just breaks down in her arms, hugging her back fiercely, probably a bit too hard until he realizes and kind of moderates his grip. God. <laughs> Picked a good time for it, huh? Right before I go off to die. I'm sorry, but thank you. Do you think that if, um, do you think that if Amity called for him, he would come back? I don't know. I'm scared to find out. The soul's got to consent for that sort of thing. And he might not want to be back here anymore. Even just to talk? I don't know. I suppose there's no harm in asking, right? At least if I get a no, then I'll know he's happy. Often, Celestia or in the new bodies found. She smiles a little bit, but her gaze is off in the distance now. Towards the castle. Aerith pulls his face out of her shoulder and meets it. And or that... Now I think you've got something on your mind. Penny, for your thoughts? There's a lot that hinges on getting out of here alive. Sure is. But we are. And if we aren't, 
then we make him then we make sure that we give it the best try we could Lilith nods and then she pulls out the note from Strahd and glances over it We tell them, right? We have to tell them. They'll come anyway. I'm sure they will. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots we all are. <sighs> Wouldn't have it any other way, I suppose. You want to go inside? Suppose we should. Mm. Yeah, he pulls himself to his and then he kind of thinks of something before I go and he reaches into his backpack and pulls her hands her a letter on the off chance that you come back and I don't make sure that gets to everybody okay she blinks down at the letter and turns it over is there like um a salutation written on it there is in the event of my in the event of my untimely demise Lillison nods slowly all right <laughs> a lot of pressure but I believe in you mostly I'm trying to figure out how to make sure that this doesn't get burned up at any point I found like a few layers of fireproof cloth, like a, a, th a nice thick cloak or something really helps with if you're trying to protect something like that on the road. If you have been holding on to fireproof cloth this entire time and you have not told me about it. I might have. Arthur, dear. Yes? She kind of playfully swats his shoulder. <laughs> Ow! God, you... That is, you hit harder than you, all right, all right, I'll go, I'll go get it. Come on. And that, I think, is the end of that conversation. Yep, Lillison, smiling bemusedly, is going to follow him back in. Okay, and as this conversation goes on outside, inside, the others still remain. Amity, what have you been up to? Indeed. Um, Amity has a question for someone. And so she is going to cast Sending to ask Van Richten. <clears throat> uh, top secret info. Tomorrow is D-Day. Final tips? Uh, also, you showing? I know there's personal friction, but don't know if you ever see a better shot. Okay. There is a moment before you receive a response. And then you hear back. Sorry, but I work alone. Just remember. He is not a soldier. He is a predator. And predators can only devour their prey when they leap from the shadows. 
Keep her safe. I will see you once you get outside. And then the connection ends. Okay. Um, Amity will relay this, however vague it is, to her friends. Um, he wasn't specific about where he'd be, which I guess maybe it's smart of him. Doesn't want anyone to know. Uh, Metro, I presume good. you hear that from Amity. Yeah, no, it's, it's real good, Pet. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect too much out of him, but at least, at least that scroll has came in, in handy. Me, yeah, me neither. I, I, I need something to distract myself from all this. Uh, Amity, like, looks for some, like, tavern card game or something to play just to uh, take you actually mind. do find uh dag adrian and um danica uh putting together some sort of card game so i'd say you can join them pretty easily perfect beautiful so while that happens uh amity as you bid farewell to metreon and go join the gameplay uh metreon uh there is a tap at your shoulder oh well Oh, what? Uh, turning around, you see Davian wearing his dark green cloak, uh, standing just behind you a little bit awkwardly. He clears his throat. Right, um, you mind grabbing a seat? I want him to ask you something. Uh, right. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, and you can clearly see that Metreon is, uh, uh, feels a little bit blindsided by the fact that this is happening. Uh, he doesn't understand why Davian is being uh, or is even engaging with him, but he'll follow Davian to wherever they see it. Alright. Uh, you grab a seat with Davian at an empty table just off to the side of the one of the windows. Outside you can see the darkening street of Velaki as the avenue slowly empty. Davian rubs his temples and just leans forward, um, looking tired. Right, so, look. I don't know any of you too well, but from what I've been hearing, there's something going on with you. You specifically. I keep hearing things about angels, and you keep healing folks. Are you some kind of priest of the morning, Lord, or what? Uh, if I know, I mean, it, listen, I'm wrapped up in forces I don't, I don't even quite understand, but uh, at, at least when I got this and he kind of gestures in a way of like, like pointing to his aura uh, that's not visible right now. Uh, when I got it, um, it was thanks to uh, Father Lucian uh, over at the church and he, he had with him a a companion uh, said she was an angel, looked like one too. I mean, big golden wings, fiery hair, you know, all that. Hmm. He snorts, but there's something thoughtful in his eyes. I never knew the uh, priest in here. Never really made my way into town while he was alive. Almost ashamed that. Seemed from what I heard, he was a good man. Maybe could have answered some questions. He uh, frowns. I know you said that uh, you're not left in a lot of this, but 
you spoke with him, you've got uh, an angel talking to you, you've got uh, uh, you've had this priest I've never been much for uh, religion, chanting, all that stuff uh, I tend to put my trust in dotier things but without that morning lords that new sunrise is all that that's, that's the big tagline that I keep hearing they ever say things about turning over a new leaf with someone Maybe I'm not super familiar with his teachings myself. Um, uh, presumably, I, I mean, I've heard things like that with uh, what's his face, uh, Lathander, uh, over in uh, Waterdeep. And uh, realizing uh, Davian doesn't know what Waterdeep is, he, sorry, um, just someone, uh, a, a god from where I come from. Right. <sighs> He looks kind of glumly out the window. I guess it might be easier than if you had friends on high. What the hell do you even bloody do if you're going to apologize to someone? Uh, I'm not sure what you're getting at. <laughs> I ain't sure either. All I know is I think there's an apology I need to make. I don't got a fucking clue how to say it. Thought someone who uh, consorted as angels might know something, a little thing or two about all that, but. I mean, look at me. I ain't no fucking. saint over here. I mean, he's the fucker that did me wrong in the first place. How am I supposed to apologize? Birds of a feather and all that. Um, I don't know. And uh, when he says, uh, I don't know, Metreon turns his eyes towards Kiva, who is still presumably cloaked and hooded, um, and then goes back to looking at Davian. Uh, maybe it's like, you know, a, a wound dressing. You just gotta, gotta change it. You know, sometimes it's painful. You know, sometimes you gotta get, that, get the gauze out of, uh, of where you get cut and replace it. It's not, not comfortable. But I guess it's the only way to heal. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. You sure you ain't some kind of priestly healer? Nothing like that. You're no, just I'm making not... it up as you go. You ain't half bad at it. Yeah, no. I, mean, I can I'm... tell it's bullshit, but it's good bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm making this up. It's this. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm not wise enough to be no no cleric enough, and uh, I just just working off experience here. You know, I've taken some bad deals and done some wrong things, and. Uh, still figuring it out myself. Hmm. I suppose that's fair. I guess at the end of the day, it's uh, we all fucked up, ain't we? The best we could do is uh, find some folks that are as fucked up as we are. At the very least, try to make things good with the ones who ain't. Yeah, we should probably do that before um, we go to you know you know where. Don't remind me. I've been turn trying to uh, avoid turning over my thoughts for the next, for the past few days, but he sighs again. If I'm gonna go uh, throw my life away in a dark fucking castle, I reckon I don't want to leave too many scars behind if I can help it. What'd you say, tear off the dressing? Let the wound heal? 
Yeah, and change it. Hmm. He looks down at the table mournfully. God, I wish I had some fucking wine. I have to do this sober. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real pain right now. So it is. All right then, and he stands up, pushing his chair away with the uh, creak against the floor and claps hand on your shoulder. Right, uh, you go do your angel things or whatever. I got that conversation I need to think about. We'll talk later. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, cheers. Thanks a lot. And uh, just kind of slaps him on the shoulder. He nods and uh, steps away, uh, leaving you fine at the table. Yeah, as he steps away, um, he watches him walk away and uh, walk past uh, near where Kiva is. And uh, he keeps his eyes on Kiva. Doesn't say anything, but just sort of looking at her, almost as if to to try and either get her attention or to just keep a watch of her. Yeah, Kiva is sort of like sitting silently, and then um, will look over and and sort of catch your eye. He doesn't, there's not like a wink or like a nudge to come over, but there's definitely like this, like, um, the best way I can describe it is like the watery, pleading face emoji eyes. Yeah, Kiva will see that and just get up and, and slowly make her way over. Hi. Hey, uh, everything all right? Yeah, can we... We'll go upstairs. Kiva uh, nods and just uh, sort of motions in front of her, just like lead the way. Yeah, he'll uh, get up and start to walk towards uh, towards the outside and leading up to the stairs to the other rooms, uh, and just sitting at the top of the steps, still sort of uh, like keeping a view of the parking lot, for lack of a better term, uh, so to speak. But. Um, yeah, he just sits down on the, on the top of the steps. Once they are suitably alone, Kiva will um, pull pull her hood back, not off, but just back a little bit so that he can sort of see the, the general shape of her face um, because she also remembers his sort of discomfort reaction um, just as a more of a, like, I'm here, you know, thing. Yeah, he definitely winces a bit. Uh, but uh, you just you could see that Telly is trying not to look at you. It's uh pretty ghastly. I caught sight of myself uh in the washroom and uh, not my best. I, I'm not gonna ask why you did it because I know why you did it. I guess what, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, a part of me thought I could, oh, I hate saying this. A part of me thought I could really trust you all to not make the same stupid mistakes that I'm doing. You saw how it was, how I took those deals and what's, what, what, what happened to me. You know, thankfully, I'm, I may be in a better place, but you know, this place, 
uh, Barovia might fuck that over too. Um, that's, that's the way the things are here. Uh, I just don't feel I can trust you right now or anyone for that matter and I hate it and I'm trying not to be a sad step about it I know this this is what we gotta do I just wish I had you back uh, you know I was I was actually uh, I was thinking about and you start to see him rifle through his, his satchel and he pulls out uh a little pot of ink. You know, it was, uh, maybe it's just one last token I was gonna offer to give y'all uh, some tattoos if you wanted them. You know, I'd, I'd like giving them. Uh, and he looks at, at you finally, like for the first time, fully. I don't even know if I could tattoo dead skin. Kiva doesn't really show any sort of visible response. She does um, tense up when you mention not being able to trust her. Um, and and in a way that's like, I'm trying not to recoil from that um, and just trying to stand a, 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 as firm as she can hearing that. Um, and... Uh, she just sort of holds out her hand in the light. It's very much like that scene in, in Pirates of the Caribbean when when Jack Sparrow is sort of like examining his hand in the moonlight once he has the coin. And she uh, she pulls it back eventually and she's like, uh, it's funny, I thought I thought all of me would be dead, but I still bleed like I did. I still feel pain and cold and heat. And I can feel, and she sort of like sticks a finger through like one of the places where skin has rotted away. And it looks like it's going through but she's like, for me, this feels solid. So I guess it's easier for me to deal with because I don't, I don't feel any different. If I don't look at myself, it feels like nothing's changed. What it feels like is that I have a chance. Maybe not to win this fight, but to have the will to try. I didn't plan on leaving Barovia. I, we're strong and we have numbers and we have skills, but I think this is going to hurt a lot of us. And I think more of us are going to stay than are going to leave. And I counted myself in one of those numbers. Not in the way I did when I got here, but... I think it's because 
He knows that I'll fight until I can't fight anymore. And so he'll do whatever he can to make it so that that is the reality. But this gives me a reason to keep pushing when he's almost got me beat for the chance to see my daughter again, for the chance to go home. So it doesn't look pretty, but it feels like me. My heart is still my heart. I still feel the connection to the sword. I still feel the connection to my mother, to this beautiful and terrifying magic, to the people I met here. I was worried that I'd made a mistake, that I'd done something that I wouldn't be able to deal with, but if I hadn't made that choice, I don't know, I don't know how much spirit I could have mustered. I don't want to think about how easy it would have been to, how easy it would be to give up. I'm sorry, you can't trust me. I really am. I no, no, listen, listen. Right, like, I know this place is getting to me and I know that is when we wake up, when we wake up two days from now, whenever we wake up, it might be the last time we wake up. It might be the last dismal grey morning we see. Now that you talk about it, now that you say it, you know, I, I get it. you got something to look forward to if you survive. I ain't necessarily got that, but, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a me problem. That's something I've got to deal with. I'm just doing this so I can die on my own terms here. Hopefully get out. And you know, this would be a lot fucking easier if I had some goddamn wine. Kiva, um, doesn't obviously have wine, but she pulls out her, <laughs> into her backpack full of coin. Um, she like digs around for a little bit and, uh, pulls out her water skin and just says, well, um, you could pretend if that makes it easier. And she, like, takes a sip and sort of does that, like, dramatic alcohol face <laughs> um, <laughs> and passes it off to him. You see that when he reaches up, you see his hands just trembling. Uh, and not because he's scared, but because he's been deprived of something he's needed for this entire duration. Um, he takes a sip of it, takes a big sip of it, actually. Uh, hands it back to you and waits a few moments just still looking at the at your feet and at the stairs and around 
and then turns to you. Um, you remember when we were back at our house, you would, uh, you tried to tell me something, uh, and I kind of just shut you down when I was complaining about not having no wine. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, what was that? Um. <laughs> My husband was, um. We had a lavender plant in our garden. Well, I tried to make it a garden. It was really just like a patch of good soil in an otherwise horrific, creepy little forest. Not unlike the one we've been trapped in. I used to uh, mix the, the petals of the flowers in with some hot water. It's supposed to help calm you down, helps your head. Uh, and I would, um, so I'd make that for him and, uh, if I can show you. And she just sort of holds out her hands knowing what they look like. and waits to see if you're going to take them. Uh, yeah. Um, he, he waits a couple beats and looks up and looks back at the flowers and very carefully takes them. Uh, you feel kind of like the drag of his nails kind of against your skin as he does. Um, and he takes them and starts to just look at him, sort of like with the way Jessica was looking at the book when he handed it off to him. She just, for a moment, just holds them there, and then um, she sort of finds just, like, a, a pressure point in between an index finger and a thumb. And uh, she just sort of presses and holds that for a little bit. Um, and she says, when he was nauseous, which was often, if he wasn't drinking, um... He used to have me sit here by his side and just squeeze like this. He said it helped focus on something other than the nausea, that pain could be a tool. He liked to remind me that pain could be a tool. This was the only way that I can remember that actually helped more than it hurt. When I was pregnant, it uh, did the same. Maybe when we um, get downstairs, I can make you some of that tea. I still, I took all the lavender I could when I left and stuffed it in my bag, <laughs> so. This place is a crucible, I think. 
it's forged incredibly different beasts out of the people who came in. It's tested us and hurt us. And it's taught us to fear and to hide and to hurt. But it's taught us good things as well. I'd like to think, anyway. And if we get out of here, I know there's plenty of drink in the Feywild, so I've been told. And I've also been told that the only way for non Fae to get in is with the invitation of someone who is, so. If you're interested in a life of tranquility, which after this place sounds a little boring, I'll be honest, you could come with me. And we could just be the people that this place made us or anything else but I would very much like to know that that I've made a friend that was not just because we were here at the same time and place that that this meant something in the long run. Yeah, Metreon looks at the flowers, but then his eyes drift towards the broken wagon. And they just kind of stay there as uh, Kiva makes this offer. Um, and without looking at her, Replies. Yeah, I'll think on it. You know, if uh, if we get out of this, and if we don't, it has been. Well, I can't say an absolute pleasure because it's been a pain in the ass and a terror and miserable, but it's been an honor to know you, to have you by my side, to call you a friend. And I, whatever happens, You are You are but don't finish that. <laughs> just it's fine. Um, 
Well, Alison, we should get back inside. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they're getting antsy. I'm sure Emily's stew was getting cold if she made any. Hopefully, she did. Uh, if she didn't, well, I guess we'll be waiting on on that. And he, you see that he's just kind of like stammering uh, and start struggling to get up. Uh, and uh, he's still holding the flowers though, like in a vice grip, uh, which is not helping him to get up off the stairs. Um, but eventually, he he makes it to his feet. Kiva looks sort of like blindsided for a moment, but then she just closes her mouth and nods. And uh, says, uh, all right, I'm actually really hungry. Hey, listen, um, I'm... I'm happy you were here with me. She just offers you a, a very, very uh, genuine smile, which is slightly creepier than she intended with the hole in her face. But yeah, yeah, I can see all of you. All those pearly whites. But she. She stands too, and um, before going down the stairs, sort of adjusts her, um, like you know, Gucci Burberry fur-lined cape, and uh, reaches back into her pack, and just sort of uh, slips the glasses into your into your hand as you walk back down. He uh, pauses and looks at what you give him. Uh, you, you sure? Well, I mean, look, I've got this, and she sort of does like a little twirl. She's like, imagine how blindsided it'll be if two of us walk in looking like absolute buffoons. I mean, yeah, well, I don't look like a buffoon today, and he starts to put them on. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I look fantastic in them. No offense. You do, you do much better than I do. It just doesn't it, really go with I my hair. I didn't want to say it, but no, it, no, you know. yeah, it's just like I think everyone else has eyes, so they knew it, and then yeah, you know, I... right, of course, yeah, and it just goes so well with that shit-eating grin that you always have. He smiles, and you see a little twinkle of uh, light on the gold of his tooth, or his teeth, um, his little fang, and uh, yeah, he turns around and heads back into the bar, and as he does, uh, passes Esmeralda. Uh, passes Emity and uh, kind of rustles the bag uh, trying to like wake Truffle up if he's asleep. <laughs> Truffle winks somewhat drowsily from his nap, but as he is roused, you do see that Danik is beginning to move to serve dinner alongside Adrian uh, putting out some bowls some stew has been prepared some bread as well. You don't see any sign of Erwin or Davian, strangely enough but there's food if you would like to partake. Yep. Kiva, when um when she walks by Esmeralda, she just sort of gives her shoulder a squeeze and uh, leans down and just sort of like you know, bunks her head against Esmeralda's, um, and then goes over and sits with uh, Ismark and Irina and goes back to you know, battle planning because the two vampire killers have a lot of chatting to do. <laughs> yeah, Esmeralda kind of gives you like a zonked out look for a moment and then cracks a grin. Gives you a nod, and Aww. 
there is happy to uh, watch as your conversation continues. Mm. So, uh, while dinner is served, is there anything that anyone would like to be doing? Uh, I think Aerith comes in a few minutes into dinner, sort of obviously having been crying, but seeming better now, and settles down next to Amity, who I imagine is... What, what is she up to, besides eating? Um, is the, that card game still going? Uh, I would say the card game is, has finished. Uh, if you'd like to speak with Danica or Adrian as they move to set the table, you can do so. Um, otherwise, there is food available for you. Yeah, Emmy's just engaged in light conversation and chomping down. Um, does Aerith or Dira have something to say? Uh, yeah, once he's actually started chomping down on stew, he sort of looks over her and says, Weird question for you. As he kind of reaches into his bag and pulls out the diametric sketch of Castle Ravenloft, which he sets down on the table, getting a bit of stew on it and hastily wiping. So I, I was I, not to interrupt Meal with battle planning, but I was looking over this, and what I saw was, look right down there. There's this little window set into the rock face, a Ravenloft look. And he kind of points to that on the diagram. You think with some rope and stuff, we could get down to that? Ooh. Um, I mean, it would be quite a climb, but you, you have that grappling hook. <laughs> I do, yeah. But I think, I think it would be, what, 100, 200 feet down? That's a long way. Hmm. And we need some way to... Can you think of a way to break a window quietly? Because I feel like there's not a lot. Um, hmm. Break a window quietly. Yeah, I guess I thinking, how quietly do we have to be? Um, I guess not very. It's a big castle. But if we're looking to be all sneaky and subterfuge then... Worth a shot. I'll think about ways to break it quietly. Maybe like cutting up cutting a hole in it or something. Ooh. But yeah, you, do you think it'd work? Yeah, uh, so just a question. Has Amity received the uh, the info that Strahd doesn't want, like, Davian et al. to come, or? Not no, yet. you have not yet okay, seen Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it would work, but, I mean, we have, uh, I, gu I guess this is the stealth approach. Are we, are we also considering just, like, going in saying, oh, let's sit down for dinner, let's enjoy this roasted fireball! <laughs> I haven't, honestly. I'm, if we think we can pull that off, that'd, I'm down for that. But there might be some... Uh, and he kind of very quietly tells her what the letter from Strahd said. Ah, I, I see. In, in, in that case, definitely... Yeah, I... This is, this is really smart, and it's going to be completely stealthy. Let, let's do it, and, and even do it like maybe a few hours before the dinner's scheduled, just so Ooh. he's all waiting Do we for know us. when the dinner's scheduled, or did he just kind of give us a rolling invitation? Um, hmm. Well, if he didn't we'll tell us when out. the dinner's scheduled, then we can just say, after going in through the window that we break, that we're here for dinner. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, just wanted to be, sh just wanted to be sure I'm not crazy. I mean, crazier than I need to be. Uh, I mean, 
I think crazy's good. And not oh. not crazy like some types of crazy, but crazy like this type of plan. Glad to hear it. And Aerith will dive into his stew. Uh, Metreon uh, will sort of walk up and see the diagram on the table. Yeah. Like, well, Eric would have been talking loud enough for him to hear if he wanted to. What's all this, then, yeah? Oh, map of Ravenloft. Um, plotting entrance strategies with Andy. Uh, give me this. And uh, he reaches over for the deck of cards from uh, uh, one of the... Uh, I think it was Adrian, maybe, who had it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you all ever played a three, three Dragon Ante? I'm terrible at it, I'm sorry to say. No uh, poker face. Even better. Uh, what about you? <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that. What about you, Amity? Um, I've only played two dragon. Oh, well. You're in for a third. Uh, Lil, uh, Kiva, is... Arena, get over here. Are we bet? Are we betting from the treasure pool? Because that's uh Well, I left all my treasure back there, so we, you and Kiva got to compensate, put in for the pool. Uh, for <laughs> and uh, uh, I've never we, actually seen money before in my life, so um, no, I, I guess Erthendira is going to have to do all of the betting for. That's all of a us. bloody lie, and you know it. Uh, I don't even right. know what money is. Winner, never... winner of this evening gets every bit of the Electrum in the wagon. Didn't you make a point I'm... of not putting Electrum in the wagon? I think we... I went back and got it. I couldn't resist. <sighs> All right. I know. I, I'm, I'm ashamed, too. Well, I'm in. Hell yeah. You're gonna fleece us all. Of course I am. <laughs> uh, Metreon, can you sack the deck so she doesn't just clear clean us out? Oh yeah, you know, don't worry about that. Uh, and uh, Metreon starts dealing the cards. Um, but... Uh, as they were talking, he would be trying to shuffle the deck in a way of sort of like counting the cards. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a sleight of hand check or... I'll allow a sleight of hand check, tested by passive perceptions. Can I contest it with my sleight of hand check? 16. Uh, I mean, is he is Metron giving a little in the deck to cut? Uh, no. <laughs> I have another deck of cards in my inventory. Oh, okay. <laughs> then yes, you may attempt a sleight of hand contested by their perception. Another. Did you call over Esmeralda out of curiosity? I don't think we did. No, then in that case, she is happily chatting with uh, Danica and <laughs> does not see your shenanigans. As Lillison slips three aces up her sleeves. Fantastic. Yep. So we're both winners. Um, but yeah, I'd say that. Uh, Metron deals everyone in, standing above, uh, not above, but standing, uh, not sitting, to let everyone else sit. Um, but he's dealing everyone in over their shoulders. Uh, with the 14 perception, he does not see Lillison slip her own cards into her hand uh, and tuck away the cards that she doesn't want, apparently. Um, and yeah, uh, just spends uh, what time he can winning as much money as he can, but then also realizing, I guess, Lillison... Uh, is a better player than him. <laughs> uh, should we um, roll off for it or just let it happen? I'm just, let's. Go, I'm curious. Each of you roll three d six. Let's see who wins each round. Probably modify the modify the cheaters with yeah. uh, cheaters roll with advantage. Yay! Fourteen. All right. So so not it's not total. Twelve. It's round by round. We're doing three rounds. So who? So first round. What do you get? Oh, okay. I got a 13. 12. Uh, it's disadvantage, so it's take the higher, not combine them. 
So yeah. 3d6, what is, what is the first d6? So I'm talking to for Metreon. What is oh. the first, oh, d6 first d6 with advantage? Oh, yeah, roll two. with advantage. Okay. Uh, do, I, do I hear higher than a two for the first round? I got a five. Four? Anything higher than a five? Six. <laughs> hey, all, I think Kiva right. takes the first round then. Kiva takes the first round. All right, second round. Uh, everyone roll a d6. Um, cheaters roll with advantage. Another six. Eat my ass. Oh, what? <laughs> Full brother, not. Come on. <laughs> oh no. All right. So take this one. Lillison and Kiva both put down whatever the three card anti equivalent of like uh, two like flushes is. You can tell I don't know anything about poker at all. Yeah, no. Um, In fairness, we know less about three dragon anti. Excellent. Uh, third and final round. Let's see who wins it. D six for everyone. Cheaters rolled advantage. Another six? Uh, six. Six? Oh my god, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, so all three of you put down your hands, uh, each of you with a straight flush, um, but Metreon, you realize that you and Lillison have the exact same ten of dragons. There's only one in this deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I cock my head towards her and uh, lick my gold fang. Uh, a bit with one of my, the points of my tongue. Ah, that card looks familiar there. Yes, it does. I'd what kind of deck are you using, Metreon? The not cheaters, I think. I'm not cheating, Luda. She, uh, hey, listen. Uh, this is the this is the authentic card. You see, it's still folded in the in the corner here. That's mine. So what, yes, that's, the the part where you marked it so you could count it. No, I I can count nothing. Uh, Look, all right, listen, listen. You know what? I'll shuffle. Y'all, I'll shuffle. One more hand. You two fight it out. No, listen, I think I'd prefer to shuffle, really. You know, I'll, you hear uh, footsteps nah. approaching the table, and you see, and you hear Davian clearing his throat. Right, what the bloody hell's going on over here? Three Dragon Annie. Right, who's cheating? Mm. Metreon and Lillison. Lillison, Lillison. Lillison. It's just Lillison. Believe Excellent. Make it three. Deal me out. <laughs> Yeah, I'll hand him some cards. <laughs> Christ. Aerith is right, so what is this a, and feels very happy about it. This is a, a three-way between a three-way card game round. Uh, between those the, three, yeah. All right, sure. Davian will roll, uh, and I'm gonna make you both of you roll to slate of hand again. Okay. Just for I believe fun. in you. All right. That is a twenty. <laughs> That's oh, an actual twenty. God. Twenty-six total. <laughs> Okay, uh, Davian reveals his hand. What are your hands? Let's let's see what they are. Roll with advantage. Uh, uh, that's going to be a five. Also a five. Davian sees uh, that there are two aces of angels on the table, and he just spits with a laugh and leans back in his chair. Right, I should have known better than to gamble with two cheaters. Well played to both of you. Listen, I really think that, you know, given the, the, the past events that have transpired, you should really cut back on a cheating. You know, this is just a Look. card game, love. <laughs> Look, if you had the audacity to mark your cards in a way that's different from the way I mark my cards, then we wouldn't be in this situation. I love I don't mark my cards because I'm not a thief. It's not what I not? do. No, I'm a, I'm a hustler. There's a difference. What's the difference? 
Uh, I don't know. Don't steal as much. I'm a people person, you know. I, 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 if I steal something, I steal it to the face. Allison is giving you like the biggest side eye right now, but like with a giant grin. Damien is chuckling and just kind of putting his cards back on top of the deck. Right then, so uh, forgive me for being out for a bit. I'm a bit uh, out of the loop. What's the plan then? Looking to uh, head over to the tomorrow, day after, and uh, are we doing some kind of war meeting at some point? Uh, one moment first. And Lillison's going to take out the note that she got from Strahd and just set it on the table. And she says, Evidently, if you are coming openly with us, well, that's going to be bad. Also you, Casimir. And you, Bismarck. No mention of Ez or Irina, though. Which is strange. Which I assume means y'all will be priority targets. She kind of flips the uh, the note around so that um, Davian can see it. He scrutinizes it for the moment, just kind of picking it up and squinting at the text. Then he snarls under his breath, almost crumples the paper up and then sighs and pushes it over to Casimir, uh, who kind of holds it up so Ismark can see as well as the two read it. Ismark scowls. Right. Um, I think that I am not the only one to say that I do not give two shits who Strahd von Zerovich wants to invite to his castle or not. Your decision to make. Casimir nods. I've come this far, and frankly, there's not a whole lot left for me if I can't at least attempt what I came here to do. And he holds out his hand, and he kind of, you see the bony fingers for a moment as he shakes his head and pulls them back under the cloak. I appreciate his effort to dredge up old wounds in an attempt to intimidate me, but I understand what I'm walking into. Well do then, we, do we know whether he has some means of seeing through invisibility? Davian shrugs, and Esmeralda frowns. Is that I am not sure of, um, but I do know that a vampire senses are enhanced far beyond any mortal beasts. It will not be a matter of being unseen from him. It be whether he can hear you or smell you. Nasty. Of course, He's... invisibility gives some combat advantages on its own, but it means we can't rely on it for stealth. Agreed. It is, uh, Rena. It's not too late. Uh, none of us would hold it against you if you don't want to come. But, but uh, uh, I'd hate for something to happen to you both. Irina just shakes her head, not scowling quite as fiercely as is Mark, but look, I appreciate it, but like Casimir said, we've all come this far. 
And all I know at this point is that there are these things that I want to know. There are these memories of a castle, of a prince, of a man, and it all leads back somehow to Zarevich. There's something there that I'm missing, and whatever is at the other end of it, I need to see it. I'm not walking out of here now. And even if none of that came to play, I'm not going to turn around and leave you to go in on your own. You did your best to keep me safe all this way until we found it that nowhere is safe, except with each other. The least I can do is do the same for you now. And she gives a nod to the rapier at her side and lightly touches the crossbow strapped to her back. Kiva just looks over at her and, oh, so much love. Um, and then uh, sort of puts a hand uh, out on hers and uh, says, we'll be right by your side here too. We go in together and we'll go out together. And it's a promise, at least for me. Alright. If all of us are committed to the course, then the day after tomorrow, I think. We need time to recharge, to plan, to test some strategies, do some shopping. But after then, we go. And we don't leave till Hammeros is dead. Do we all go in together as a declaration of outright war? Or do we keep up the pretense a little longer? I think we're carrying with what we've done and what he knows of us. He knows. And I think there's a limited amount he'll be willing to play when we're out and out trying to kill him. I vote we just go in. I've been th talking to Amity about an alternative entrance. I'm going to see if that's feasible tomorrow. If it is, I'd suggest we use it. Very well. Good luck, team. And use your last day well. Do what you need to do. This is really the point where we should all be doing shots. Alas. Hmm. Tavian gives a nod. Right then. One more day. Here at peace. And then the day after. We go to war and we kill a fucking vampire. Sounds good to you? Let's do it. And as everyone nods, that's where we're going to end the episode for today. Whew. Wow. It's weird to be able to, like, see the end physically with my eyes now. Oh, you're seeing physically? Yeah, I am. Ravenloft just manifested in front of me. It's freaking me out. Oh, well, can you, like, you know angle it so we can see it too oh yeah sure sure let me turn on my webcam <laughs> <laughs> might just be hallucinating though
just an apparition of a massive castle floating yeah. three feet away from your computer screen. I do. I did download the, an STL file that someone made of 3D Castle Ravenloft, as you probably saw in shitposting. It was, it was so. glorious. Beautiful. All right, then. Well, I guess now we know where everyone is and we know where everyone's going. I'm excited for the wind up. I'm going to have to, like, spend half an hour in character, like, sorting the two decks of cards back out again. <laughs> yeah, well. Should have been an elf. That's what I do during all my trances, all the mundane shit, I, so I don't have to say it. Just, like, reshuffling your cards and oiling your armor and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, clipping your toenails. See, that's important. On that wonderful note... Oh, because I really wanted to. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's 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 a it's a perfectly normal function of life. Goodbye, sure. lovely twice bitten community. We love you so. <laughs> Good night. I'm sure, Arthur and Deer's toenails are very nicely. Passed. Good night. <laughs> Until next time. Wait, are we still on air? Be safe and take <laughs> well, care. I will. I will take. <laughs> I will take that opportunity to say thank you to everyone for joining us today. We will see you all back in the mists next week. Until then, fear the shriek of the mountain's wings and take care, everyone.